0: I'm Dr. Teresa Sievers, and as I promised you, I was going to be bringing you different modalities of healing.
1: Teresa Seavers' friends and family describe her as a dynamo.
0: I don't know about you, but I'm not ready for postmortem. I want to enjoy my life like it is now.
1: Sievers was a holistic physician, and not everyone agreed with her approach to medicine.
0: Dr. Sievers had a very strong personality. A lot of people found her polarizing.
1: They loved her or they didn't. But whatever people thought of her, there seemed to be no explanation for what happened at her home in June of 2015. At the age of 46, Teresa Severs was found dead in the kitchen of her home in Bonita Springs, Florida. Brutally murdered.
2: 911, what is your emergency?
3: My friend, Teresa Seavers, she's a doctor
1: and she's dead on the floor. (laughs) This week on killer cases.
2: I mean, this was a violent crime that occurred in the midst of an area that didn't see violent crime and on a street that didn't see violent crime. And people were upset. People were worried. Pure and simple.
4: A tale of, of murder and salaciousness. You see that, you know, paradise isn't paradise. And and maybe these pieces of the puzzle are starting to add up. Why? Why is Teresa Sievers dead?
2: How had anyone gone into this crime scene, committed this horrific crime, and left absolutely no trace evidence?
1: For the Law and Crime Network and Vault Studios, I'm Brian Ross. This is Killer Cases, the podcast.
2: This was almost the perfect crime. Are you ready to drop dead? I'm not.
1: Teresa Seavers was last seen alive in public at the Fort Myers, Florida airport the night before she was found dead on the floor of her Bonita Springs home.
0: Because we were able to observe her in the airport on surveillance video, we ended up learning that Dr. Seavers was returning home from a family gathering for her mother's birthday
1: from Connecticut. Lee County Sheriff's Detective David Levin, who would later be assigned to the case, says her husband, Mark, and two daughters Josephine and Carmela stayed behind in Connecticut. And mom came home because Dr. Severs was the primary
0: breadwinner and she had a practice to run.
1: But the next day, Dr. Severs failed to show up at her holistic medical practice.
0: The employees at uh, her job started texting her husband, uh, Mark Severs, saying, hey, Dr. Severs isn't
1: here. Teresa's husband called a next-door neighbor, Dr. Mark Petritus to check on her.
0: I be a half hour late for work. Dr. Mark Petraeus was the first one who found her.
5: 911, what is your emergency?
0: Uh, I'm at a friend's house. Uh, he's out of town. And I came here to check on his wife.
3: And she's dead on the floor.
5: Holy sir, hold on, yeah. stand on the line. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're doing very well.
3: And she's bashed in the back of the head. She's cold. She's dead cold.
1: Cynthia Ross with the state attorney's office would later be brought in on the case.
2: It appeared that nothing had been taken did not appear that the house had been ransacked. Um, there was nothing that indicated what the motive might be for what was a very vicious crime.
1: Lee County Sheriff's Detective Mike Downs was also called in to work on the case, alongside Detective David Leavitt.
2: Upon
3: my initial observations, that she has sustained significant head trauma, uh, blunt force in nature, and uh, there was a large pool of blood, and she was a smaller female. You could tell that uh, it, it, it was not something... That happened quickly.
0: There's no obvious smoking gun, for lack of a better choice of words.
3: Pretty much everybody's a suspect at that point. Who does her nails? Who does her hair? Who cuts the lawn? Uh, Do they have a house cleaner? Have they had any issues with anybody? Does she get along with everybody at work? But nothing really seemed to pan out. We did later find out that she also had a, had a very strong personality, which can rub yes. people the wrong way.
1: Detective Levitt says there was also speculation that Dr. Severs had been targeted because she practiced holistic medicine. Why
0: aren't we doing this kind of medicine for our body? You can have preventive medicine, but it's not the kind of medicine you typically get at your doctor's office. There was a group of people uh, identify themselves as web sleuths, and they took a very big interest in this case because throughout the country, and at least two to possibly three other States at that time, there were some doctors that also practiced holistic medicine as well as internal medicine that died. And the theory was that they were all murdered and that we had to look at because, like Mike said, right now, it's everybody and their brother.
1: Michael Braun is a reporter with the News Press newspaper based in Fort Myers, Florida.
0: theory of it was that there were certain holistic
6: doctors who were being murdered because they had maybe a cure for cancer or had something that... Uh, that uh, the government or some kind of shadowy group didn't want them to talk about but that never that turned out to be not to be the case
1: in need of fresh leads the detectives decided to start interviewing those closest to teresa starting with her husband mark
7: just for the record state your name one more time for me
1: mark Stevers. again prosecutor cynthia ross
2: anytime there is a brutal murder of a spouse one tends to look or at least glance at the other spouse. But in this case, the spouse was um, thousands of miles away in Connecticut at the time that the crime was committed with an alibi that was absolutely airtight.
8: I feel so, I guess I feel pathetic, but at the same time, there's so much going on. <laughs> but it's too hard. I feel that I could stop this from happening. How do I get over <laughs> it? to take time. It really will. Can you tell me when she died? I need to know what she tortured was, what happened to her. We can't tell this stage. we were still working on that. She had so much to offer the world.
0: Mm-hmm. She
8: was really, everyone says this about their wife. It should have been me, I should have been
0: home. Everyone kept describing Mark as her rock, and, and she was his rock. Have you ever uh, cheated on your wife? I've never cheated on her, and she's never cheated on me. Have you ever had anyone have an unhealthy obsession with either you or your your wife or your kids or anything. I absolutely can't think of anybody that would have been familiar with that at
1: all. The detectives ended the interview so Mark Seavers could plan Teresa's funeral and grieve with their two little girls.
6: Yeah, the the funeral was was befitting somebody of her stature. Here's this lady that that really helped everybody, and now she's gone, and and they mourned that fact.
1: The funeral came and went, but seemingly investigators were no closer to figuring out who had been waiting for Teresa that Sunday night as she pulled into her garage after telling her husband she was safely home. But then a late-night phone call just a couple of weeks after the murder would lead detectives to a small town in Missouri. It was the turning point in the investigation.
4: And we catch a break. We catch a break. Uh, We get
1: a tip. The tip came from a family friend of a man in Hillsboro, Missouri, a man by the name of Curtis Wayne Wright. He'd been convicted of multiple felonies in the past. And soon, the detectives were on the trail of a second career criminal, a close friend of Curtis Wayne Wright, named Jimmy Ray Rogers.
2: Jimmy Ray Rogers liked to call himself The Hammer. Um, It was on his Facebook. He liked to refer to himself as The Hammer.
1: Both men, Jimmy Ray Rogers and Curtis Wayne Wright, were now persons of interest, but they both denied being in Florida at the time of the murder. And Curtis Wright
3: told us that during the weekend of the murder, first he told us he was homesick in bed and never left his trailer.
0: And then he, at one point he said, well, I was working on a car all weekend. And Jimmy was beside himself. He He barely talked to us and then just let us know he just doesn't like cops, so I'm not gonna talk to you. I didn't go to Florida. And uh, I, don't, I don't talk to Wayne, he's a nerd. Oh, okay. See you later, Jimmy.
1: But even with the tip backing up the detective's gut feeling, there still wasn't anywhere near enough to arrest them. And the detective's returned to Florida deflated.
0: We had a lot of digital evidence that we found that we knew we had to process and try and piece it together. Most notably, when we did the initial warrant on the Curtis-Wayne uh, Wright residence, there was a vehicle in the driveway and we found a GPS in the center console so we were hoping, let's just hope he entered addresses in here, let's hope it tracked
3: his movement. And uh, at first, we're deflated again, because they're telling us this information is deleted and we can't interpret the code. So they spent a significant amount of time, hundreds and hundreds of man hours, trying to figure out this code to recover this deleted data.
1: And then, finally, all of that work got them what they needed. They were able to
3: establish a route from Curtis Wainwright's residence in Hillsboro, Missouri, and he makes a route there to go to Jimmy Rogers' residence in Cadet, Missouri. We we went from zero to sixty in a very short
1: amount of time. Then over 1,000 miles south along Interstate 75, off the exit to Bonita Springs, and then right to Jarvis Road, the home of Dr. Teresa Severs.
2: I think it was an aha moment, and I think at that moment there is the wait a minute. We have people saying we're not here. And they
1: are. Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marcino.
4: Retrieving that address, which would have been deleted just hours or days later, and placing the killers in the area of our victim was a critical piece of this puzzle.
1: And the GPS data shows their every movement on the way south. Uh, One of the significant locations was a Walmart, actually
3: right across the street from the sheriff's office here where we're able to uh, capture what we believe and what is evidently uh, Curtis Wainwright and Jimmy Ray Rogers walking into Walmart, buying a number of suspicious items, uh, a lockpick set, garbage bags, uh, cleaning items, things like that. So now we know they're down here. We could see them clear as day on the video. On
0: the day Dr. Seavers returned home. It's, we couldn't even believe it. The only thing we can think of is that they never thought we'd ever come up there because it's, you know, over a thousand miles away that they never would put two and two together.
1: The detectives hit even more pay dirt when they returned to Missouri and questioned the Hammer's girlfriend, Taylor Showbaker. And she started crying and she just said, I know what happened.
5: And I told him that I knew that he had something to do with it.
3: Okay.
5: And then he, and then he started asking me questions like, what do I know about? And I'm like, well, I know you went down there to kill somebody. And then he said, yeah. I said, did you shoot her? And he said, no. And. And I said, then how how'd you kill her? I and mean, he made a stupid little chocolate
3: that he does and then said with a He
1: said
5: with a hammer? Yeah.
1: Showmaker says Jimmy Ray Rogers, the man known as the hammer, had confessed to her while lying in bed. It's huge, because he actually confessed,
3: uh, Jimmy Ray Rogers confessed to the murder and specifically said that they used a hammer, which is consistent with the physical evidence that we recovered from the scene.
1: And then Taylor Showmaker took Detective Lebitt to the area where she said she helped her boyfriend dispose of some of the evidence, including a blue jumpsuit she claimed he wore during the murder. Case
3: number 15-268513, yes, now is currently 6.38 p.m. on Tuesday, August 25th, 2015. All right, mission maker, um, can you just walk me over to where you've identified the overalls? And then she goes, there it is right there. And sure enough, we, we get out, we walk up to it, and uh, it's a blue jumpsuit sitting on the side of the road. How did we come to find these items there? You
7: not
3: the okay, and what was the reason for throwing these out the window?
5: Because he murdered somebody. Who is he? Jimmy Rogers.
1: They had their evidence and believed they had their killers. But the investigation was far from over. Curtis Wainwright then told the authorities he has information they will want if he can make a deal with them.
2: So as difficult as it was, it was to us a decision that had to be made. To let Wright plead to second-degree murder and receive a sentence of 25 years, provided he testified truthfully.
1: Wright's information involved his best friend from high school back in Missouri, Mark Severs, Teresa Seavers' husband. And now this murder case was turning into a case of murder for hire. Even before his best friend in Missouri implicated Mark Seavers in the murder of his wife Teresa, Detectives Lebed and Downs were already suspicious of Seavers.
0: We've met many people through our investigations that have lost a loved one and he seemed fake.
1: Mark Severs was brought in for another round of questioning. But when detectives left the interrogation room, they had a sense Severs was playing to the cameras.
8: I know you put Sebastian jail. Okay. She got hit coming in the
0: house. I saw a lot of simulated behavior. It didn't it didn't feel real. How, how could you have been hit?
1: Cynthia Ross, who would later prosecute this case, agreed with the detectives.
2: It was so much of a, uh, what would appear to be so much of a show.
0: Now, talking about your relationship, have you guys been contemplating any kind of separation or divorce? Has there been any marital problems? No.
1: The detectives would later learn from friends and family the couple indeed had both marital and financial problems.
0: What are some of the biggest motives for anybody to do something they shouldn't? Money's a big one. Infidelity's another. So we have two of those on the board right now.
3: You can see there's more of a darker side to who he really was and who he wanted to show us.
2: As he was leaving, he said, I'll do anything I can to cooperate, to assist, to catch this killer.
3: I want to speak to you every chance I can. Thanks, I,
8: I program your number on my phone, so when you call me, I know it's you. Okay.
2: And it isn't a week later when he's no longer willing to cooperate.
0: He had his lawyer contact us and shut off all contact. He ghosted us, he stopped talking, he stopped cooperating.
1: But armed with testimony from Curtis Wainwright, prosecutors believed they wouldn't need Seaver's cooperation to make their case. And the first test came with the trial of Jimmy Ray Rogers, everything hinging on whether a jury would believe Curtis Wainwright and his chilling version of the murder of Teresa Seavers. Teresa Seaver's mother and sister were in the courtroom every day watching as assistant state attorney, Hamid Hunter, presented the state's case.
9: Were you able to see where he was hitting her with, with the hammer? In the head. And what happened after she fell on the floor?
10: He continued to hit her.
9: He continued to hit her? Yes. Mr. Rogers?
10: Yes. I physically walked over to the area where, where he was at and and ask him to stop, I mean, put my hand on him.
1: It didn't take long for the jury to return a verdict.
2: We have a verdict in the Jimmy Ray Rogers case. Yes, we do have a guilty verdict. We do have a guilty verdict in Jimmy Ray Rogers, but it is a second degree murder, not a first degree murder.
1: Rogers was later sentenced to 25 years in prison. But for prosecutors, there would be no justice unless they can make a case against the man they believe had hired the killers. Mark Seavers.
2: But for Mark Seavers, there would have been no funeral. There would have been no grieving family. There would have been no children without parents. Um, it was important that all that participated were held accountable.
1: The evidence against Seavers continued to mount, including his use of so-called burner phones.
2: Mark Seavers and Curtis Wainwright had a secret communication system set up.
3: Their code word together was switch to other or other. They would initially, almost immediately switch over to these prepaid phones, and we were able to establish a connection.
1: Wright told the detectives the murder was planned at his wedding in Missouri two months earlier. This is, this is basically where it all you know
3: started to come together. Mark suggested two scenarios. One was to shoot her or kill her outside of the medical practice when she was leaving work one night. Curtis explains to him, he says, well, what if she's with somebody when she comes out of the medical practice? And Mark says, well, that'll be better because if somebody else is killed during the offense, then it's likely to keep the suspicion off of me or anybody else. So, and he, he explained it as collateral damage, which goes to show you the type of person Mark Severs really is.
1: When the time came to arrest Mark Severs, detectives knew from their surveillance exactly where to find him.
9: So there wasn't really anywhere Mr. Severs was, was gonna go where we couldn't find him unless he had a ride into outer space that we didn't know
1: about. Mark Seavers was home, but there was concern he was armed and might resist taking his daughter's hostage. Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marcino.
4: And then we knew that if he had been watching TV, and he knows we got him, we knew we had to get Mark Severs, But most importantly,
1: we had to extract him and save those children. The job fell to Detective David Levin we knew he had many guns in the home but
0: his behavior was erratic so that coupled with the fact that if he knows he's getting arrested for the murder of his wife he has guns in the home and there's two little girls present so we were very worried so we get to the door i see the girls heads kind of perk up and look towards the door and then i see mark start to come towards the door phones in his hand and he turns around and starts to walk away so i said to the deputy that was with me said we're giving this another five seconds and we're forcing entry. Fortunately, within half that time, he came back, opened the door, and leaned out with his phone in his hand and uh, grabbed him by his wrist. You're under arrest for murdering your wife.
4: And when Mark arrived, he had a smirk that I'll never forget. It was a smirk, it was a thousand mile stare. He was ice cold. You could look at him and see he was ice cold No blood in his veins, and he knew he was caught.
1: But the defense was preparing a surprising argument.
7: If Curtis can't have Mark, nobody can.
0: Right now, we are going to see opening statements
1: at around. The trial starts in late 2019, with reporters fascinated by how much Mark Seavers and Curtis Wayne Wright look like each other
2: they do look nearly identical i
3: can't wait just to see these two former best friends
6: looking at each other
1: in court
6: for the record both assistant state attorneys are present uh mr sievers is present and both defense counsel states ready
1: cynthia ross with the state attorney's office wants to make sure the jury knows the importance of her key witness curtis wayne wright but also to make clear he's hardly a model citizen
2: ladies and gentlemen of the jury we were asking them to believe a killer curtis wainwright allows us to hear the conversations that occurred between he and mark Severs, to hear how mark Severs solicited conspired and arranged the murder of Teresa Sievers
1: defense attorney Michael Mummert had gotten to know Mark Sievers while representing him during previous custody hearings
7: on a, on a very personal level he's a very nice man he's kind of kind of goofy kind of funny uh, and over the four years that I represented mark I got to I got to like him uh, I, I I really do like mark you're gonna hear about prepaid phones you're gonna hear about divorce, infidelity, life insurance is a motive, but ultimately, all the evidence of a conspiracy, all the evidence of Mr. Seaver's involvement is going to come from one man. And that's Curtis Wainwright. I wanted to convey to the jury that this, this was a credibility trial of Curtis Wainwright.
1: On day two of the trial, convicted killer Curtis Wayne Wright is called to the stand. Next witness. And at first, Severs gives off the impression of not having a care in the world, smiling and cracking jokes with his lawyer. But that will quickly change. Do
2: you solemnly swear or affirm that the testimony you're about
1: to get? Wright is questioned by prosecutor Hamid Hunter.
9: The biggest moment in the trial was Mr. Wright taking the stand. These two men have been best friends most of their lives. Mr. Wright, who killed Dr. Teresa Seavers?
10: Uh, Jimmy Rogers and I physically did it, but uh, Mark Severs was also involved in the planning. Why did you do it? Um, I was asked to do it. By whom? Uh, Mr. Severs.
9: Is Mr. Sievers in court today? Yes, he is. Can you please point to Mr. Sievers and identify him by an article of clothing?
10: Uh, he's the middle the the gentleman there on the, at the table, uh, the darker colored jacket. Well, I'm, I, I'm not
9: a fan of, of Curtis Wright. Uh, he's a killer. Um, he's an admitted killer. And so we went straight at him. There wasn't going to be any compromises for Mr. Wright.
1: Hunter confronts Wright about his earlier lies when he tried to pin all of the blame on Jimmy Ray Rogers.
9: Did you tell us the truth? Uh,
10: not in the beginning.
9: Started out with a lie?
10: Well, it started out with the truth, but it it got off in the middle, and then I,
1: those those lies were
10: corrected. I told the truth before the end of that statement.
1: Wright testifies he and Seavers made the deal to kill Teresa at Wright's wedding in Missouri a few months earlier.
10: He told me that, they, that he and Teresa were having, having problems, uh, marital problems. He told me that she was having an affair um, and that they were having financial problems as well, uh, considering bankruptcy. Did
9: he ask uh, me to do anything?
10: He, he told me that really the only option that he had was for her to die.
1: Um, and he said that he needed to have her killed. Wright says he received a $600 check from Severs to cover expenses for driving to Florida, with the promise of much more to come.
10: The, uh, he said that there was a lot of insurance that him and the kids would be well taken care of, and that he had uh, at least
1: $100,000 to offer to have it done. And then the jury hears Wright's chilling description of how Teresa Seavers was killed the night she returned home alone just as he had testified earlier at the trial of Jimmy Ray Rogers. The
10: headlights would have been right on me. I jumped up and I followed her into the house.
9: And, um, when she started to turn towards you, what did you do?
10: I, I hit her. I hit her with the hammer. Does she see you? Yes, because I accidentally kicked the dog dish over. The dishes went flying everywhere. It made a huge noise, um... She, it startled her. I was afraid that if she turned around, she would scratch me or do something to leave evidence. Um, I I swung the hammer and I hit her.
9: Did you and Dr. Seavers ever make eye contact? Yes. How did she look when you made eye contact with her?
10: Surprised.
9: Did she fight? Yeah. You fought for her life?
10: Yeah. I never in a million years envisioned beating her to death with a hammer.
1: On day three of the trial, during cross examination of Wright, Mark Seaver's lawyer tries to push a theory about Wright's interest in Mark Seavers that he thought would explain what happened.
7: Detective Lebed asked you about your sexual preference, didn't he? Yes.
10: Objection,
7: relevance. Sustained. Detective Lebed wanted to know if you had a sexual relationship with Mark Seavers, didn't you? Objection, relevance
1: sustained. The judge tells Mummert to
7: move on. That was a tough one because there was, there was something there. There was this air of possessiveness or intimacy. Um, and if Curtis
1: can't have Mark, nobody can. Mummert has his own theory about the case and about Curtis's motive. My theory
7: is that when Mark went to Curtis's wedding, that Curtis, Curtis just had enough. Mark married a beautiful doctor. Mark had two beautiful girls. Mark lived in a nice home in Beninia Springs, uh, Florida. Why does Mark get to have it all? And I believe that that anger, um, as well as a possible you know, sexual attraction to Mark, caused the basis for for Curtis to finally say, no, I've had enough. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to kill Mark's wife.
1: Mumbert has to change his tact, now challenging Wright about the money he claims Severs promised him. Investigators had found cash in the house. So why didn't Severs just tell him to take it? You know
7: that there was nearly $50,000 in that home, is that correct?
10: I found that out later, but no, I didn't know that.
7: So there was $50,000 when you went down to commit the murder, is that correct? Objection. I don't know. Sustained. Proper. Mr. Severs never said I have all this money and I'm going to set it aside for you and you just take it, correct? Correct. And then after the murder, you came down again for for the funeral, is that correct? Yes. Having having the the mission completed, right? Yes. Did she ever get $50,000 in in cash at that time?
10: No, our agreement was it would be paid after he got his life insurance payment. I
7: don't believe Mark ever gave the go-ahead. Teresa was worth more alive than dead. Why would he want to give that up?
1: As Seavers watches his best friend testify, the smiles and jokes seem to be replaced by tears and grief. Is it authentic or a performance for the jury?
2: For us, it seemed that Mark Sievers was not the grieving husband, but uh, just someone who could bring on tears when desired. And so we hoped that the jury would see those tears for what they were, not of those of a grieving husband, but those of a manipulator.
1: On day nine of the trial, December 4th, 2019, Both sides make closing arguments, starting with the prosecution. The evidence has shown
9: that Mark Seavers hired Curtis Wright, his best friend, to kill his wife, Dr. Teresa Seavers. An unconscionable act in light of that sacred contract. So Mr. Wright is a felon. He's an admitted liar. He's a killer. There's no reason why any reasonable person should believe a word he says but he's corroborated by evidence. Mr. Wright says he came to Florida to kill Dr. Severs with Jimmy Rogers. There's evidence of that, corroborative evidence. I want you to consider asking why. I want you to keep asking why. She's not a captain of industry, she's not a politician. She's a medical doctor and a mother of two, and a wife, and she's dead.
1: Michael Mumbert then addresses the jury presenting his case in Mark Seaver's defense. Good morning. You've now heard all the evidence. One question,
7: no one's answered. Why? Why? Why is Teresa Seavers dead? The best answer we can give you is she is dead because Curtis Wainwright killed her. And without Mr. Wright, Without Mr. Wright, there is no case. And the crime scene itself, those photos, they're hard to look at. And they're hard to look at because that, that crime scene is anger and it's violence and it's rage and it's hate. It is not murder for money. Ultimately, the one question you all have to ask
1: yourselves, do you trust Curtis Wainwright? The jury begins its deliberations just before lunchtime.
2: You know, you always hope it'll be fast um, because of the anxiety and waiting for the verdict.
7: When the jury goes out, you just say, we, we did everything we could. We did everything that we reasonably
1: could it's only four hours later when the judge calls everyone back into court
6: I've been told we have a verdict state's ready defense is ready so either side need any time to talk to uh, their their sides or their parties because these these things are tough and, and I'm not gonna have any outbursts we'll let the clerk publish the verdict
2: in the circuit court of the 20th Judicial Circuit, in and for Lee County, Florida, criminal action. State of Florida versus Mark D. Severs, case number 15 CF 673B. Verdict, we the jury find as follows as to the defendant in this case. Count one, first degree murder. The defendant is guilty of first degree murder. Conspiracy, the defendant is guilty of conspiracy. So say we all, December 4th,
4: 2019, by the four person. He broke down eventually there, but when that verdict was read, he was pretty stoic.
1: Now the question of how Mark Seavers should be punished. My
9: partner and I were gonna have to sit down now and ask this jury to recommend a sentence of death for Mr. Seavers.
1: For a death sentence to be on the table, the jury would have to find at least one aggravating factor, and it has to be unanimous. In this case, they will consider whether the murder was committed for financial gain in a cold, calculated manner or both. The jury also has to consider what's called a victim impact statement from Teresa Seaver's mother, Mary Ann Groves, who is now allowed to speak openly in court. And of course, the
5: biggest loss falls upon her two daughters, whom Teresa loved with all her heart. These two girls have been robbed of their remarkable mother, their home, their pets, their possessions, their family and friends. Teresa will not be able to love and guide them. She won't be there when they graduate high school or when they need their mother to kiss away tears from their first heartbreak. We have lost our Teresa, the light of our lives the star of our family who loved us all so fiercely it has been hard for all of us to go on with our daily lives the void is unimaginable she was our strength our inspiration and our caretaker
1: when the jury returns after just three hours it first addresses the question of whether the murder was committed for financial reasons.
2: The capital murder was committed for pecuniary gain, no.
1: Now the question of whether the murder was committed in a cold, calculated manner.
2: Yes, we the jury unanimously find that Mark Severs should be sentenced to death, yes.
1: But the judge still has the power to overrule the jury's death sentence. The court also hears about a letter from Seavers' eldest daughter, asking that her father's life be spared. The, the letter essentially
7: said, in not so many words, while I don't want a relationship with my father, if I decide that I might at some time in the future, I can't have that if he is sentenced to death and taken from me.
1: And then for the first time, the court hears from Mark Severs, defiant and showing no signs of remorse.
8: Is it okay if I refer to my notes? Yes, sir, absolutely. Although a jury found me guilty, I am innocent of all charges, as I have maintained since this heinous crime took place. I love my wife, Teresa, and our two daughters, Josie and Carmi, with all my heart. Our girls have tragically lost their mommy, and now they are about to lose their daddy as well. Therefore, I respectfully ask the court for life as not to compound their loss and suffering. I am grateful, however, that the court can only determine my fate on earth while my soul is in God's hands, and God knows the truth. Although I cannot feel remorse for something I had absolutely nothing to do with, I am deeply saddened and forever heartbroken, to say the very least, that Teresa was taken from us.
1: On the other side of the courtroom, Prosecutor Cynthia Ross remains unconvinced by Seavers' plea for leniency.
2: Mark Seavers was crying for Mark Seavers. He hadn't shed a single tear for Teresa Seavers at any time. The only tears Mark Seavers ever shed were for Mark Seavers.
8: Teresa is my soulmate. I will miss her and cherish her memories until we are reunited in heaven. Until then, I will fight this wrongful conviction until I am proven innocent and set free to rejoin
1: my family. Now Judge Bruce Kyle decides whether or not to overrule the jury's decision.
6: I will note for the record that his children do not want the death penalty imposed. And he was a hands on, devoted father, and he did help people who were in need.
1: But in the end, he sides with the jury.
6: A jury of 12 have found you guilty as charged, so you are guilty. And this is the order of the court that you be sentenced to death, sir.
0: You feel so terrible for the family. I feel so terrible for the girls because their father orphaned them.
7: Mark even if you believe everything they said, did not commit an act of violence. Mark is the only person, Florida's death row right now, who did not commit
4: an act of violence. To hear the judge say, death penalty, justice is served. He got exactly what he deserved. He got exactly what he deserved.
6: I judge uh, people's actions. I don't judge people's souls. And if I'm wrong, and hopefully God will have mercy on both of us.
1: Killer Cases, the podcast, is a production of the Law and Crime Network and Vault Studios. You can watch Killer Cases on the a and Network and the True Crime Network. Refer to your local programming guide for full details. Ryan Weiss, John Ford, and Will Johnson are executive producers with Vault Studios. Reed Redman and Will Johnson produced and edited the podcast. Killer Cases, the television series, is written and presented by me, Brian Ross, and produced and directed by Rhonda Schwartz. Executive producers are myself, Brian Ross, and Rhonda Schwartz with Ellsworth Productions, and Rachel Stockman and Dan Abrams with Law and Crime Productions. Also thanks to producers Sam Kelly and Jennifer Tinter, and editors Danny Hilton and Mick Teodori. Killer Cases is produced in partnership with Cineflex Rights and True Crime Network. Thank you.